Hello, this is your host, Paul Harvey at Life, Passion and Business. I realise I put this at the end of the programme most of the time. And I also realise I don't often listen to the end of podcasts. So I thought I'd tell you here before we get started. So the first thing is this podcast is not supported in any way. We have no sponsorship. So if you would like to support us, do check out the Buy Me A Coffee link on this podcast app. And you also find it at the website. Okay, before I take you to the podcast, I want to give you a little bit of a reminder about the power of focus and accountability. This is the one tool that will really get you towards the goals you are seeking, towards the path you want to take. So listen to the end to find out more or check out the link in the show notes. Anyway, let's get you back to the podcast. My name is Paul Harvey, and you are listening to Life, Passion and Business, a podcast born out of my desire to find greater meaning in life at the time when I thought there was none. Since that day, I have spoken to hundreds of people. And what I have discovered is that our story is everything. Because what we do, feel or experience is based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place? For goodness sakes, if you have a desire to do something, then you better do it. And, and never mind how much money it makes you, and never mind what other people think, just do it for your own sense of inner peace. What if it was never too late to discover your passion and inspiration? Is it possible to find a path that works after years of effort? Well, the truth is we can always find a place when we are open to the possibility. My guest on this show was always a creative, enjoying creative writing and acting and a life that could have been different were it not for a debilitating skin condition. It took away his self-confidence and with that his dreams of acting, performing and writing. John Lester was born in the 1960s and lives in Vancouver, Canada. From his early years, he always thought he would be in the creative industries. and As a child, he was all about comics and drawing for hours at the time. His early education and work were uneventful, but in his early 20s he walked past a drama school and went in out of interest and then started acting classes. And this was it. It was here his writing talent was discovered and he started the journey towards an acting career. He had an agent, he was attending auditions and he had a set a role in, as an extra in many films. But the acting life is tough, and you need to be strong of mind and heart to take the slings and arrows of rejection. For John, this was not easy, and it manifested itself in a skin condition called psoriasis and effectively ended his performance career. John has been a security guard for over 35 years. It has been his writing that was his saviour, creating characters and altered egos for himself. It took him years to get these short stories published, and in 2019 he finally did it, and this is his story. John is not your classic success tale, he's still in the margins of life doing it on his terms, but he has made peace with his journey and he's contented with where he is heading. He has a Facebook group called Johnny's Way and a YouTube podcast of the same name. So let's join the conversation with John Lester. Okay, well I was born in Toronto but came to Vancouver in 1969 and I always felt that I was meant to do something creative with my life. When I was a boy, I wanted to be a comic book artist. I was a huge comic book nerd, and I drew every day for four hours or so, and I was really into it. But I don't know what happened. I guess I just decided that I wanted to hang out with my friends. And then after high school, I, I really didn't have any specific direction in life. 
So in the 80s, in the mid 80s, the film and TV uh, industry was really booming in BC. Peter Breck, he came to Vancouver and he started an acting school called the Breck Academy. So I walked past the acting school one day. I was in my early 20s and I walked in. And next thing you know, I'm taking acting classes. And I was doing some writing back then, too. I was writing scenes for myself and my scene partners. And I was writing monologues. And I had an agent. I was going to auditions. I was going for it. And very often the casting directors would say to me, I've never heard that monologue before. And I said, well, it's because I wrote it. And they always hmm. seemed to be impressed by that. I was an extra in Rocky Four. The big fight at the Agrodome was shot in Vancouver. Right. So I got to see Sylvester Stallone and Dolph Lundgren duke it out in the ring. That was exciting. But unfortunately, I, I, but I developed psoriasis, right. uh, which, of course, is a common uh, skin malcondition. And I've always had been sort of struggling with feelings of self-esteem. And my half glass of water has had a tendency to be more half empty than half full. Mm. So when I was in my early 20s, my, my, my skin was just getting drier and drier. And I was feeling less like a human being and more like a reptile. Like literally, I'd be going to auditions and pieces of skin were falling off my face. That's how bad it was. So I allowed that to kill my dream of acting. And believe it or not, I've been a security guard for 35 years. But every so often, sporadically, here and there, it, intermittently, I've made some sort of half-hearted uh, attempts at writing. I always felt that I had a creative spirit. I always felt that I was meant to do something creative with my life. And so just to just to bring the story a little bit more up to date, around 2005, I created this character called Lee Hacklin, who's a private investigator. Mm -hmm. And I was just at work one day and I was bored and understimulated. And I just wrote a bunch of short stories. I wrote about 60 or 70 of these little bite sized 10 to 15 page short stories about a guy named Lee Hacklin, who's a smoker and a drinker and a man's man and a skirt chaser. But he's a very tough guy, but he's got a heart of gold and he likes to help people and he hates bullies. And then I just stuck them in my bedroom. And they were the, the page. I made hard copies, thank goodness. The pages yellowed and they curled and collected dust. And then in 2019, that's when my life's journey really began. That's when I became a self-published author. Mm -hmm. And what happened was I kind of felt like I had, I had hit emotional bottom. I don't mean to paint a picture of myself as a pariah or an outcast. I've had a few relationships here and there. You know, psoriasis is not the worst thing in the world, obviously, but it doesn't do a lot for one's uh, self-confidence. No. And I've tried a variety of treatments over the years with not very much success. My diet, yeah, I'm a recovering sugarholic. I used to be very overweight. I used to weigh 250 pounds. And so what happened was I realized that I was spending far too much time by myself. You know, I'd sort of carved out this, this niche. You know, some of us get into our routines in mm. life. I know I'm not the only one. And so I, I got into this groove of just, uh, uh, you know, coming home after work and watching DVDs and pounding down junk food. And I was, and I was satisfied with that, let's say 65% of the time. And so what happened was, and I don't mean to be pushy or preachy about this stuff. Again, I'm just sharing. I reached out to God and I said, God, I've been hearing about you my whole life. I've always been something of an agnostic because at the end of the day, none of us really knows. I mean, you either have faith or you don't have faith. But I decided that I'm the kind of person who tries a little bit harder. If I have it in my mind's eye all the time, it's a mindset. It's a mm. mindset that I have now that the creator of the universe for real is watching me, is watching all of us all the time, like Big Brother from 1984, but in a good way, in a loving, positive, paternal way, kind of like Yoda and Luke Skywalker's rucksack whispering in our ears all the time, for goodness sakes, if you have a desire to do something, then you better do it. And, and never mind how much money it makes you and never mind what other people think, just do it for your own sense of inner peace. Hmm. So after I reached out to God and I asked him to help me, I dusted off these short stories. Thank goodness I kept them and I read them. And I don't know if you do any creative writing Paul, but it was the first time that I, I, I read something that I'd written as if someone else 
had written them because I barely remembered writing some of these stories. I thought, well, gosh, you know, I know this is not great literature. This is not going to win any awards. But I was kind of chuckling as I was turning the pages. And I like this guy because he's basically my avatar, which is something that I think a lot of writers do. They, they mm -hmm. sort of I think a lot of writers, particularly when we're writing stories of good guys and bad guys, you know, good versus evil. We're creating idealized versions of ourselves. I'm sure that's what Tom Clancy did when he created Jack Bryan or Ian mm -hmm. Fleming when he created uh, a James Bond and on and on Stanley Spider-Man and on and on. And so that was the beginning of my, my, my real life's journey. And it was a tremendous uphill battle for me to get that first darn book posted, which plug, 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 there he goes shamelessly plugging his project, the, collect, the collected cases of Lee Hacklin, 1970s private investigator book one. That's my first book, which is a collection of these, these original short stories that I wrote many years ago. And, and I was just going in circles. I was losing my mind because I would uh, I would enter my banking information and Amazon was telling me that it was wrong information and then I'd go to the bank and they said it was the right information. If I didn't have God in my life, if I didn't have this new mindset that works for me, which is why you're interviewing me right now. I mean, if I didn't have God in my life, you'd be interviewing somebody else right now because I had this mindset. If I didn't have God in my life, I would have given up after two, two or three tries. I mean, I don't mean to be overly self-denigrating as to who I was before 2019, but I just wasn't so much of a, uh, you know, you, just, you have to try and try and try. You have to persevere. I just wasn't that guy, but I persevered. And after about a month or so, I saw this wonderful image on the screen congratulations, your ebook has been published, Paul, when I when I posted that first book. And I thought, gosh, you know, so that's what that feels like, you know, actually crossing the finish line, you know, starting something. And, and there were hiccups and some potholes along the way. And, and for once in my life, I didn't fail. And I was tempted to a little bit. It's like, oh, maybe it's too, maybe it really is too late for me. So now it's 2023 and I've got over 100 of these books online. And mind you, they're not very long. Some of them are 60 to 70 pages long, depending on the format. I call them novels. They're really glorified short stories. Now, what I'm writing basically is pulp fiction. They're <laughs> the kinds of stories that, that I liked as a boy, where the main character is a really good guy, and my villains are really awful, and they all they all get what's coming to them. And then my other characters, I try to give them some, some, some idiosyncrasies and, and a little bit of nuance. So that's my story in a nutshell. You know, I didn't, I didn't really discover my bliss since 2019. I've always known that I could do this. But after reaching out to God, I acknowledged it. And again, that feeling, that that sensational feeling of actually accomplishing something was so unusual for me. It's become a drug for me. And, and it's a drug that I'm addicted to far, far more now than all that junk food that I was pounding down when I weighed 250 pounds. I weigh about 170 pounds now in a good day. And now when I watch a movie, which I, I rarely do now, I probably saw five movies last year. But before 2019, I was watching like five movies a week and just I buy box sets of TV shows mm. and watch all the special features and listen to the audio commentaries and the deleted scenes. And look, I was having fun living my life that way. But, you know, Anthony Robbins, the motivational speaker, I mean, he likes to tell you likes to bang on this drum a lot. He talks about the difference between pleasure and happiness. The way that I was living my life was giving me a lot of pleasure, you know, instant gratification, but it was not making me happy. And my message to the world, and I think everybody knows this, but I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves because we get sidetracked by life sometimes. We kind of lose sight of what's important to us. There's no greater act in life than the act of creation. The feeling that we've left something behind that, that will be around after we're gone. You know, it doesn't have to be anything grandiose. You know, maybe it's a table that you built with your, with your bare hands, or maybe it's a, a child that you brought into the world. You know, a sense we need to have purpose 
in order for our lives to have meaning, right? If we don't have purpose, then we're not really living. We're just existing. So before 2019, I was, let's say, 65% of the time, you know, every once in a while, I'd, I'd have a moment of clarity and I would join a gym. I did kickboxing for a couple of years or I tried to do some writing or I tried to reach out to people. But it was it was just it was one step forward, two steps back after I reached out to God and, and accepted him into my life. And look, if you're an atheist or you're agnostic, that's fine. We, we know we have free will to think for ourselves. Hmm. But this idea of God, which, who I believe to be an absolute real being of love and creation, having him in mind all the time is why you and I are chatting right now. And so that's my story in a nutshell. Hmm. That was um, a very, very uh, amazingly succinct conversation around the thing. A very, I'll, I'll, a very I'll, long-winded. No, it wasn't long-winded at all. It's long-winded at all. It's just like, you know, it's like I, I like to get some more detail on these conversations if I can. So, Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, were you always a writer when you were young? Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I was more into drawing. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I've always enjoyed acting, writing and drawing, you know, all of that stuff. I wasn't into sports as a kid. And, and that's kind of a tough cross to bear. If you're a Canadian boy and, and you're not a hockey fan, it, that's, you know, a lot of people treat you very differently. It's, it's a very uh, a real thing. I don't know how, what it's like now. Maybe it's different. I kind of feel like I was ahead of the curve now. Because I think if you're a kid and you like comic books and you're into the, all these Marvel movies, I think it's a little more socially acceptable now than it was in my generation. Growing up in the 70s and, eight, and in 80s, if you liked comic books and superheroes and all these wild you know, flights of fancy, you know, you were considered an oddball, a freak, a weirdo. And so all of that gave me a tremendous uh, uh, chip on my shoulder. But mainly when I was a kid, it was drawing. But writing, yeah, writing has been is sort of like, sort of like something I keep coming back to. But then now since 2019, like just, just before this podcast, I scribbled out a couple of pages in my dollar store, a duo tank. I didn't realize since I started doing this that I could do this every day. I've been, the last few, few months, I've been publishing a book a week, like literally a book a week. I granted they're not very long, but I didn't realize how prolific I could be. I don't claim that, that, that what I'm writing is good or that it even has any literary merit. I like to think that my stories at the bare minimum are not boring. I mean, I always make myself laugh. I, sometimes I make myself cry or, or the best feeling as a writer. And I think this is why writers write. The best feeling is, is the feeling of discovery. Like mm. some writers plot everything out in advance. I would never do that. To me, that takes all the joy out of writing. I start, it's very improvised. Like I'm not really into jazz music, but I understand that jazz music has an improvisational quality. Yeah. That's how I write. I start with a very general idea. Uh, the book that I just finished recently is called Don't Let Your Lifeguard Drown. Uh, where where a, a lifeguard has drowned in an indoor swimming pool, and it turns out that that he was allowed to drown by his fellow some of his fellow lifeguards because they were jealous of his popularity. You know that was my general general idea. And then I'm just and then I just open my notebook and I'm just off and running. So I think what I'm doing now is I'm basically all the time that I spent reading novels and watching TV shows and watching movies and reading comic books, I'm just regurgitating all of this stuff. Sorry, I don't mean to be vulgar, but through my own filter. And I've heard a lot of people have said to me, you know, I want to do what you're doing, but I don't have any original ideas. I think that is the lamest excuse for not writing. I, I would never claim any originality. There, isn't, any a, there isn't an original idea left in the world, is there now? No. I mean, look, before Batman, before Batman, there was the Phantom. And before the Phantom, there was Zorro. 
And mm. before Zorro, there was Robin Hood. I mean, mm. and, and all these heroic characters all go back to David versus Goliath. Yes. Right? And, and basically, there's only three plots. Man versus man, man versus nature, and man versus himself, or person, if you want to be politically correct about it. When, when you or I or any of your listeners start writing, when, as soon as we start scribbling away or ty- typing away on our keyboard, boom, that's, that's what gives it an original quality. Mm. Because all of us have unique experiences. And I try to, I try to make my stories um, as autobiographical as possible. I'm always scanning my memory banks for some story that I think is amusing or interesting or dramatic. And all, I mean, hasn't somebody told you a story that was wilder than anything you ever saw in a movie or a TV show? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, sometimes, right? sometimes life can be even more weird than, weird than reality. Some of the things oh, that happen in life. And, and that's, and that's, that's what writers uh, uh, should do. And of course we all encounter all kinds of wonderful and, and idiosyncratic uh, <clears throat> people in our day-to-day lives. And so, and so that's what I'm doing. And, and I think that, you know, and, and another motivating factor for me is I've just seen so many movies where I thought, gosh, you know, I just wasted my money on this $300 million, you know, special effects extravaganza, you know, that, that, that bored me to tears. I could go home and, and I could write uh, or you could write a, 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 a script about the last argument you had with your spouse. And it would be more interesting than what you just what you just spent your money on. Mm. And, and, and so but not everybody wants to do it you know other people have other things going on well it's probably the fact that we've we've lost access to that creativity because because i mean you know if you go back a hundred years or so everybody played an instrument Mm. everybody everybody well because that was that was the entertainment wasn't it everyone played everybody played and sung sung everybody sung songs everyone played instruments everyone told stories Mm. Uh, you know, in the Victorian era, when books were, were relatively, you know, suddenly came down in price, people would read books together as a family. Dickens stuff. He wrote in these penny reads. They were like like magazines that were out every week. And the reason there are so many words in the Dickens novel is because they were sold. He was paid by the word. <laughs> and the whole family would be in the in the story. They'd all be expressing. It was like, the, you know, the soap opera of the day. You know, they were all talking right. about the story. Yeah, a tale, a tale of Two Cities was serialized, right? Yeah, and they were all serialized. Right. They all were. Right. And then Dickens went <laughs> traveled the world reading his stories. You know, in all over America and all over the world doing his stories. Hence he's so That's famous. amazing. But you know, it's but it's that thing, it's like you know, we were a lot more creative, I think, in those in those times in terms of with with other people, shared creativity. Now it's very right. different because it's a lot more self-creativity isn't it it's creativity on your phone creativity writing social media posts taking photographs doing instagram posts there is a level of creativity in the world but just different to what we used to i i've discovered that that the difference between watching somebody else's manifestations and creating my own manifestations it just is is immeasurable that's why every time i watch a movie now which is very rare i feel guilty i feel like i'm wasting my time yes you know when i when i start writing or when I'm banging away on my keyboard at home. I also have a group page, by the way, called Johnny's Way. Um, I have over 700 members, and I write, uh, let's say, once or twice a week what I like to think is an uplifting uh, or inspirational essay about self-manifestation that I think anyone can benefit from, nice. but particularly people of my age. I'm, I'm 58, and I think there are a lot of people going through life you know, who are around my age. I don't know how old you are. But a lot of people are going through life thinking, oh, I had my 20s and I had my 30s and I was a young man. I was a young woman and I had all these opportunities 
and I let them sail by because I was too busy uh, watching Netflix or going out and getting drunk with my friends, or whatever the case may be. You know, it's very easy to get distracted. You know, we're living in an age, there's so many wonderful things about this age. I think it's a golden age, but there are a lot of distractions and, you know, video games. I mean, right now there's a super creative 25-year-old guy who's smart and all he wants to do is play video games all day. You know, I've seen this, you know, this, this, it's, it's like a drug. And so we have to will ourselves sometimes to, to enjoy that stuff, but in moderation. And so when I do watch a movie now, or if I go out to a bar and have a few drinks with friends, whatever the case may be, I feel like I've earned that. I feel like this is the reward for the work that I've done during the week, which is before, and before 2019, it was just more about instant gratification. I was living like a drug addict. Mm. Drug addict There's <laughs> definitely a lot to be said for creativity. And I think when you can do a create, I mean, that's, that's why when you can do something creatively and it gets you into flow. I mean, I met some people last week who were weaving and they were weaving a, a simple tartan, a, piece, a simple short piece of tartan uh, as a demonstration. And they said when they get into the weaving, the world just disappears as they just yeah. shuttle yeah. back and forwards, planning their next, you know, what the next sequence of threads are going to be because they're doing it by on a hand loom. So it's a, it's a very labor intensive process, but it is a creative process for them because they're creating this piece of cloth at the end of it. Um, so there's that's, a lot that's to exactly there. how I feel when I write, when yeah. I'm really in the zone, quote unquote, yeah. in the zone, yeah. I feel like the whole world around me disappears and I'm in my own world. And I also find that writing is, is very therapeutic. You know, we're creating worlds. I think that's what Gene Roddenberry did when he created Star Trek back in the day. You know, he created a world that that was an idyllic world for him. I mean, I used to watch these. I used to watch Star Trek and the Brady Bunch. And I always broke my heart that people made fun of them because I thought, gosh, why are people making fun of this stuff? These are idealized people. You know, these, these is how, this is how a person should behave. A person yes. should be cheerful and, and enthusiastic and living life. And if there's a problem... You know, they don't run to the liquor store, right? They don't lose their temper. You know, I grew up, and again, I don't mean to play the world's smallest violin, but I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of uh, emotional, you know, zigzagging and flip-flopping and bouncing off the walls. And, I, and my mom and I always felt like we were walking on eggshells because my dad had a very, a very hair-trigger temper. I mean, you just never knew what was going to set him off. And some people are just, they seem to be wired that way. I don't know what goes on in their minds. They just seem to live in a perpetual state of rage. You know, misery loves company. And so for me, as a boy reading comic books and watching these shows, it, it was very much a, a therapeutic mm -hmm. act for me because it presented, you know, presented an alternative, a more positive alternative. But I was not able as a young man to really channel that stuff into, into doing it. It was more about, you know, it, indulging in, in watching it and, 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 and feeling better about myself. Now, since 2019, I'm creating these worlds and the feeling that it gives me is uh, it's a very it's a, it's a much more satisfying feeling. Let's put it that way. That's Paul. good. <laughs> so are the, are the books successful on Amazon? No. <laughs> In terms of finances, no, I'm very much still at the bottom rung of the ladder. I mean, I get a spread. I use draft. Oh, by the way, I use draft to digital now. Right. And the first book that I that I uploaded to draft to digital took me all of five minutes. So what they do is they springboard. It's free. So anybody out there who's thinking about doing this, I highly recommend this website. And what they do is they springboard your books to different platforms. So there's like seven or eight. There's like Barnes and Noble and Kobo and Apple and maybe five or six others. And then I have another website called um, it's not my website, but it's called Poster My Wall. And that's how I design my book covers, my book covers. No, I've, I've made very little money doing this, but it's for me, it's, I mean, I, that would be the ideal. 
the ideal is that someday it's my creativity that pays for my my Starbucks coffee and not my not my ability to work in the service industry, which I'm still doing. The bell that I want to ring in my life before I die, before this corporeal body finally expires, I, I want to hear actors portraying, I want to see actors portraying my characters. Nice. I want to call a young, handsome guy, a uh, young, handsome actor on, 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 on Messenger and say, I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is you're going to die someday. The good news is you're Lee Hacklin. Like, <laughs> you know, Lee Hacklin, private investigator, now streaming on Netflix, executive producer, John Leister, based on characters created by John Leister. That's my vision. That's my goal. And that's why I'm doing these podcasts. It, it is about self-promotion. It is also about inspiring other people to follow their bliss because I'm 58 now. And look, if you're 28, 58 sounds pretty old. Sorry, I just got on the phone. But we have to live in the present of our lives. You mm. know, the moment we start thinking about the past, oh, I remember when everything was great 20 years ago. Or when we think about the future, maybe it's just me. I think we have a tendency to worry. Once we embrace, do you, do you know a philosopher named Stuart Wilde? He was a, a British philosopher, sort of a stand-up comic. He had this really neat idea called the eternal now, which is basically that we have to think, if we want to manifest our dreams, we have to think of every second of our lives as eternal because that kind of takes away the pressure. It kind of takes away the stress, right? And it, and, it, and it motivates us to be in the moment and to think about what's within our control and not what's, not what's beyond our control. I mean, that's why I don't watch the news. I, I'm a recovering news junkie. I hardly ever watch the news now because every time I walk into an elevator and I look at the screen, it's always something horrible. Yes. It's, it's always something awful. And I, I, I don't need to know this stuff. I don't need to know about all the chaos and the turmoil, turmoil of the world. I've heard it all before. It makes me feel lousy. I just want to think about what's within my control. And that's why I write. That's why I lift weights. That's why I reach out. I'm reaching out to nice people like yourself. I'm doing what I can to move myself towards the John Leister that, that is in my mind's eye. Uh, someone who's able to make a living. I don't think about being super wealthy. That's not in my mind's eye. I, I don't, I'm not a materialistic person. I don't mean to be overly pious. I just, I just want to be able to, to, to make enough money uh, with my creativity that I can sustain myself and marry my girlfriend, Nicola, who, who lives in Adelaide, Australia, and that we can have good lives together. And, and I like to think that I'm, that I'm on that path. You know, hmm. you know, and at the end of the day, really what matters is the journey. Because as far as the destination goes, we're all headed for the same place, right? Yeah. You know, that's it. We're done. <laughs> what matters, and, and this is what I want to say to your listeners out there, if you, if I ask you this question, are you enjoying the journey of your life? Yes or no? If the answer is no, then, then you better do some reevaluating because the clock is ticking. Yes, absolutely. And, and none of us knows how, I, mean, I, might have, I might have a heart attack in the next five minutes for all I know. I think it's, it's 79,000 days is what we get. Back. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. We get 79,000 days or something. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> well, you know, the older we get, the quicker time goes by. And I remember back in 2019 when I posted that first book, I remember thinking, gosh, I could die today. I could get hit by a car or have an aneurysm. I sure hope that doesn't happen. But if it did, again, at least I left something behind. Yes. Something that for me required a little bit of effort, a ton of passion and, and self-belief and self-faith. And, and, and that, that it's worth it. And if I die broke and, 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 and I think about all the horrible things that could happen in my life for however much time I have left. At the end of the day, I have something that I can point at, these books, and I can say, I did that. The did. Lee Hacklin exists 
because I willed him into existence. And I'm damn proud of every single word that I've written, even the dirty ones. <laughs> so um, what would you say is your, I mean, your, your books are obviously the contribution to the world that you're leaving behind. That's very clear to me. What is your contribution to yourself? How do you contribute to yourself? How, how do I contribute to myself? Yeah. How do you look after yourself? I'm not sure what you mean. Well, contribution to the world is easy. It's about giving out. How do you how do you give back to yourself? What is you? How do you look after yourself? It's about self care. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. I uh, since I reached out to God, my diet changed considerably. I mean, yes. I go into the supermarket, and and vegetables started looking very attractive to me, because I think that it. First of all, you have to love yourself, and it's not narcissism to love yourself. To <laughs> love yourself, to accept who you are, and so. The contributions that I made to myself, so I'm not, a, I'm not a, a junk food junkie like I used to. I work out two or three times a week. I try mm-hmm. to take care of my health. I mean, I still have a few vices here and there. But I mean, <laughs> compared to the way I was living my life before 2008, I mean, I was eating Snickers bars and Mars bars and KFC and, and, and pizza every night for dinner. I, like I said, I, I wasn't breaking into people's homes and cars to support my habit. I've always been gainfully employed. But I was living, living like a drug addict because I didn't like myself. I was, mm. I was walking around in a state of self-immolation. I just had this distorted view of myself. You know, you know, some of us are our own worst critics. Yes. I don't do that anymore. So my contribution to myself, this is something I learned in therapy. I was in therapy for a year and I had a really great therapist and he told me, he was a co- cognitive therapist, and he told me, you know, we have to like ourselves unconditionally as a starting point. The moment we say to ourselves, well, I'll only like myself if I'm a millionaire. Five yeah. million dollars. Well, you might get the million dollars, right? And so you're happy. But then the next day, the government takes it away from you. Well, then you're not happy anymore. That's a lousy way to go through life, right? The way to go through life is to love yourself all the time, unconditionally. And it also relieves stress. And I think stress and anxiety are, are, are which are pretty much the same thing, I guess. But stress is is really a great derailer of, of our, our dreams. Because when we feel stress, when we feel worry, or when we feel guilty or ashamed or embarrassed, oh, I can't believe I said that thing today, then we want to do something. This is something Anthony Robbins is t- likes to talk about. We're going to do something that's going to snap us out of that feeling. So for some people, it's alcohol or junk food, or in more severe cases, you know, people who take hard drugs. You know, I work security, and I see this every day. I see homeless people on the street sticking needles into their arms and, and putting this horror, these horrible controlled substances into their bodies. You know, for goodness sakes, why are they doing that? Well, not a mind reader. They're doing it because they're suffering. They're in so much <clears throat> emotional pain that, that and, and, and to them, this is the only thing that they can do. To, they're, they're willing to trade decades off their lives for a brief moment of euphoria. You know, yeah. most of us aren't doing that, thank goodness. But I have to imagine that's why people do that. So if you, you know, if you're suffering internally, for goodness sakes, you have to change your mindset. You have to talk to somebody. You have to let all that stuff out, whether it's through professional, or your aunt mod, or to God. And that's what I love about God, because God is available all the time. You know, you never get God's voicemail. <laughs> that's you know, that's what I believe. That's my faith. So I still have my moments. You know, I still have my moments where, where I might stress. Or, or something at work or whatever the situation might be, or if I'm criticized or if I make a mistake and I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're writing about all this philosophical stuff on your Facebook page, right? You got, you have to live up to that stuff a little bit, right? You have to set but, an example. But life so is I have a journey and there will always the be times when, there will always be times when you do have those kind of conflicts. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all human beings. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And even the, I, mean, I have to imagine even the Dalai Lama, 
has an off day, right? <laughs> I'm sure he does. Up. I'm sure he does. Yeah, <laughs> of course. So what, what is the meaning of it all for you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What gets me out of bed in the morning is that, is that my <laughs> life matters. Hmm. Is it, is it, you know, is it God put me here for a reason? Of course, he gave us free will uh, to decide for ourselves how to live our lives, but he wants us to be happy, you know, and I want to, I want to interact with people like yourself. I want to have people in my life. Look, I don't care who you voted for or if you didn't vote. I don't care what your religion or politics are. I don't care what your philosophy. I don't care about any of that stuff. What I care about is positive energy. And I like people, I like be interacting with people like yourself who have this positive spirit, who are manifesting, you're sticking your neck out. You know, you're in the arena. I want to be, I was living on, on the, I was sitting on the, I was a bench warmer for the first 53 years of my life, to mm. a large degree, but maybe 65% of the time. Now I feel like I'm a player. I feel like I'm on, I'm on the ice rink of life. I'm going for it every day and I'm loving the journey of my life. I don't wake up thinking, I don't wake up thinking, gosh, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. No, 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 no. I'm doing it. <laughs> and the difference between the two is immeasurable. And that's the meaning for you? What gives you the meaning? Just, just the fact that, I, that I'm in sync. I'm trying to answer your question. It's, hmm. it's, I'm in sync with, with the vision that I have with myself. Whereas before, and that's, to me, that's meaning enough. Yeah. Well, the, the each of us has to decide for ourselves what meaning is. There's no, there's no right answer to this question. It's, yeah. we, we have to decide it for ourselves. I mean, here, here's, here's an example. Maybe this is a more specific example. When I was in my, my late teens after high school, I signed up for an upholstery course. I thought, well, maybe I'll be an upholsterer. <clears> I don't know why I chose this. I just was just throwing darts at a dartboard. So I signed up for this course. And then I said to myself, are you crazy? You're lousy at this stuff. Remember industrial education? You're always the last one to finish so i was i was picking something that was like light years away from who i was from what came with me with my soul to this corporeal body which mm. you know some of us are look some of us are entrepreneurial some of us are creative some of us are, are born into sports or science or whatever the case may be i was i was always meant to be a quote-unquote artist and so the fact that i'm doing it and that the joy that it gives me and the, that i have it in my mind's eye that there'll be enough people out there. I mean, look, if the whole world th thought that I was the world's worst writer, it, 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 all, it only needed a few people, like a few thousand people as compared to the rest of the world is not very many. I mean, there are plenty of people who think that Star Wars is total garbage. They're, you know, so you look at the most popular movies of all time, they have their detractors, right? Of course. You only need a few people to like what you're doing. I mean, mm. I walk through bookstores and I'm like, well, who wants to read this? And who wants to read that? Well, the book exists. Obviously, there's a market. There, there, there's a market. You know, people are still writing westerns. You know, there's a market for that. I mean, I don't know anybody who listens to country western music, but obviously there are people around the world who love country <laughs> western music. You know, and and on and on, right? But at the end of the day, the, the meaning, it's it's the fact that I'm in sync with who I want to be is is enough. It's meaning enough, and I'm happy. Fantastic. <laughs> That's all that's required, isn't it? You're happy. Yeah. So how will, how can people find your books and find? Okay. Do you have a website and stuff? Thank you so much. Uh, no, I don't have a website, but my Facebook page is John Leister. Mm -hmm. I have uh, 5,000 Facebook friends. My um, friends, well, some of them are friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, my group page is Johnny's Way, over 700 members. Anybody, please feel free to join. Um, 
And uh, I, I have, I'm on a few uh, other podcasts on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and type in John Leister, you can see some of the other podcasts that I've been on. Now, anybody who's interested in my books, if you go to Kobo or Barnes & Noble or Indigo and type in John Leister, you can see all my books. They're all ex- excer- excerpted, easy for me to say. And most of them are about 99 cents. Because like I said, at the end of the day, they're really more like short stories. Nice. But like I said earlier, I have done this before time permitting because I work 40 hours a week. But my email is John Leister, J-O-H-N-L-E-I-S-T-E-R 611 at hotmail.com. I've done this before. And I love the feedback that I get from people. And it's mostly positive. I would be more than happy to email uh, anyone one of my short stories or one of my books. Because at the end of the day, this is about sharing. And, and, and you know, the, the gratification that I feel when someone has read something that I've written and, and, and may, has a comment on it is, is, uh, uh, is you can't put a price on that. You yeah, really you can. can't. And I also read my stories into my phone and I post videos of myself on both of my Facebook pages. Nice. So is anything we're coming to the end of our time together. Is there anything you want to add to this conversation? Uh, Paul, just thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. And everybody out there, please go for it, Rocky style. You know, just do it. You know, you, here's another thing. What maybe one last thing. I didn't realize how much more fun my life would be than compared to the way I was living my life before 2019. I thought I was having fun back then. This is capital F fun being engaged reaching out creating that that is that's living there that's the difference between living and just existing and so many people out there are just existing and i don't judge them because it wasn't long it wasn't that long ago that i was living my life that way too it's not too late disengage from negativity disengage from the news at least take a break once in a while disengage from negative people right and just zero in on yourself and look at yourself in the mirror. And if, if you can look at yourself in the mirror and give yourself a thumbs up and a wink and mean it, then you're on the right track. But if you're like, oh. oh wise words, about... John. Very wise right. words. Thank you Thank so you. much Thank for your time today. It's been lovely to Thank talk you, to Paul, you. I appreciate it. So all those links for John will be at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. In the meantime, thank you so much, John. Great to hear from you. Thank you, Paul. Have a great day. And you. All the best. Cheers. And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, John Lester. Now, Johnny does not have a website, but you can find him on, on his Facebook group, Johnny's Way. And you can find him on YouTube on, as a podcast on YouTube. If you want to check out his books, do go and have a look on um, Indigo Books. That's on Google and you'll search for John Lester. You can also find um, Google um, Kobo and search for John Lester. His books are published there as well. So lots of opportunities to read his work. So all those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. Okay, as I mentioned at the beginning, now is the time to discover how to find some more focus in your life and get things done. Okay, so we're all looking to move forward. We all want to find some measure of success in the world. And if you've heard the podcast, you know I have a view of success, but that's another conversation. The point is, however you look at this, we want to get things done. You might want to get a project over the line. You might have a really big goal that you're looking to to move, to move forward on. And the problem is, whenever we start these projects, whenever we do anything like this, there's always some resistance. There's always something that gets in the way. And that can be a multitude of things. But the key to this is how do we retain focus and stay with the project and push it over the line? And that's where focus coaching can help. 
Now it's a it's a process that I discovered some 15 years ago during my coach training, and it's something sometimes called focus coaching, turbo coaching, speed coaching, and it's a really simple process where we we define what it is you're trying to achieve, and we look at the resistance that you're experiencing in that achievement, come up with some strategies to solve that resistance, commit to setting a date, and I hold your feet to the fire to make sure that you do that. So there's a commitment, there's an accountability process, and that's it. That's basically how it works. You get it done. And I can tell you, it is so powerful when you start working in this way, particularly when you work with someone who supports you in the process of doing it. And one thing to remember, you know, success is never guaranteed, but the struggle always is. And that's what this coaching is designed to do. It's designed to get you through the struggle towards the success you're looking for. So do check out the uh, link in on this podcast or at the website, lifepassionandbusiness.com. You will find a video of me again explaining this process. But if you go below the video, there's a booking link where we'll have a discussion about your project and how we could get you sorted. As always, if you have enjoyed this podcast, if you found anything here of any use, please share it with a friend because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. If you can, give us a review. Give us a five-star review. I have to ask for five stars. Why not? I think I'm worth it. When you support a podcast in that way, you have no idea how effective it is, both in terms of supporting us on the platform, but it also makes us feel good. Yes, it makes me feel good, and I like to feel good. As always, thank you for your time and attention. I will catch you next time.